I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Hi everyone, Amy here. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. This is a crossover um, that I did with Lori from the Untitled Gen X podcast, and it was so much fun, and please check out her podcast. Again, it's called the Untitled Gen X podcast, and I'll put a link for that show in the show notes. So in this episode, we're going to discuss the infamous Saved by the Bell episode in which Jesse gets hooked on caffeine pills. So enjoy the episode, and as always, guys, thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Amy here. Today um, I'm teaming up with Lori from Untitled Gen X Podcast. Hi Lori. Hi Amy, I'm so happy to be here. And I'm thrilled to do this with you. So for those of you who don't know me, if you're listening to this on Untitled Gen X Podcast, um, my name is Amy and I am part of a podcast called Gen X This Is Why. And we look at old shows like Little House on the Prairie. Okay. Are you a Little House person or Waltons? Little House, most definitely. Okay. Yes, See? Indeed. Yes. That's the right answer. That's oh, right. I'm so glad I passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> so Lori and I, um, we decided to team up today and talk about one of the most iconic episodes in Saved by the Bell history. And I'm going to let Lori introduce it because she was the uh, brainchild. This was the brainchild of Lori. <laughs> And the minute she said, I reached out to her and said, hey, you know, I love your podcast. We need to do something. I just listened to your 90210 episode. Oh, it was a fun one. It was a fun one. And and you were the genius who said we need to do Saved by the Bell, Jesse song. <laughs> it's iconic. I mean, when I think back on my Saved by the Bell history, and it is extensive, that is the episode that just jumps out. I mean, it's mm-hmm. at this point, it's just, it's infamous, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it the is. one we all think of. It's like, I love that they were able to display some real acting chops. And, <laughs> you know, it's like we... <laughs> were they? Were they? <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, like, it, in terms of Saved by the Bell-ness? Yes. Yes. Indeed. On the scale of Saved by the Bell. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the scale is questionable. But yes, I love that show growing up and... This episode, I mean, it just kind of falls in line with that whole 80s slash early 90s very special episode stuff that we were just inundated with, right? Yeah, 100%. My sister and I 
Um, we have a Patreon, and we just finished doing a bunch of different after-school specials. Ooh, so fun! Yes. So we just kind of are coming off of this same kind of rhetoric of, right. you know, you take one pill, your life's destroyed. <laughs> it's over. Was very extreme in Gen X, right? Yes. I mean, I think they were just trying to, like, really scare us straight. I did an yeah. episode in season one of my podcast about the anti-drug PSAs of the 1980s. And it was just very, you know, bang you over the head with this messaging and scare you straight. And it just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I will say that, you know, <laughs> admittedly, that stuff kind of worked for me. Because I it was just, worked for me too. did it. I was just really like yeah. sort of scared straight about all of yes. it. Me but too. for a lot of kids, it was just sort of like, this is so extreme. I can't relate to this. It's not really d- drug and alcohol and sex education. It's not like right. risk mitigation. It's no. just like, don't do it. And that didn't yes. work for a lot of kids. I think a lot of kids were just like, I, I don't even know what to do with this ridiculous <laughs> messaging. Right. So yeah. and I don't know. I had, we watched Stoned with Scott Baio, which okay. was hilarious Epic. on Epic. many different levels um i have a hatred for scott bale that's real deep oh, real deep and ooh, real strong i like that yeah. so um we were watching it and one of the things that they were talking about is there was and i don't know if you remember this the idea that if you smoked weed you would be infertile <gasps> like it would mess with the male sperm count okay and the teacher <laughs> who's a former stoner in the right. in the show okay. is like educating them about this like the the government has researched has you know developed research that it can affect your sperm count and really like my sister kind of looked into it cuz she does the researchy nerdy part uh-huh. of our podcast and she was like no there's no. really no evidence it's if you smoke like just tons and tons like all and you tons. do yes. is smoke yes yes, yes. So just th- those kind of messages, though, like if you, you do drugs, you're never going to be able to have kids. And I've always said what would have been way more effective is if they started doing documentaries about, like, what drugs do to people. And you know what I mean? Like, go and take kids... the camera down to Skid Row and show us what's going on. Yeah. And and have kids who are, like, struggling in the throes of addiction because it's it's a very serious issue. Have them talk about their experiences. You know, kids that yeah. look like us, who come from backgrounds like us, it would be, it would have been so much more effective to interview and follow kids from a wide variety of backgrounds, yes. from different, you know, ethnicities, from different yep. geographic locations, you know, mm-hmm. so we could see ourselves in these kids. But no, that's not yeah, how that that's worked. That's it, Mark. What, you mean your friend doesn't have a dad who's a record producer looking for the next new kids on the block? (laughs) No. Zach is the actual worst. Like, we will get into that. What an asshole. Swear. He's awful. He is. Um, Another thing that I wanted to say is you and I are, are we exennials? Are you an exennial? Because I think I am. I'm 77. That's how you identify in the generational. No. No. I identify as Gen X. Okay, you identify as Gen X. Yeah, I think technically I'm an Xennial. So there's a lot of, of 
theories about this, as I'm sure you are well-versed. It's very interesting that Gen X is defined. I mean, I've, I've seen the years, you know, they're not completely defined, but I've seen them generally speaking as 1965 to 1980. And yes. traditionally, the generations are 20 years. And so right. it's very interesting that Gen X is only 15 years. And we have like our our early Gen X mm-hmm. and we have our later Gen X. The 76, 77, indeed, later Gen X. And our experience is pretty different from those that were 1965 to like maybe, I don't know, 1972, if you want to look at yes. that. But I in no way identify as a millennial, even on the cusp of that. I just no. really don't. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, my childhood was in the 80s, the 80s proper. And my teen years were in the 90s exclusively. Yeah. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. I turned 14. Yeah, I turned 14 in 1990. I My whole high school was, you know, grunge and alternative and all of that. Yep. It wasn't like yep. cool hair metal, but that was still part of my life, a really important part of my life, you know, a new and wave think, and all of that. And I think there is a distinction, though, between – you're right – between the people who were teenagers in the 80s. Yes. And, Which and Jenny had and I, to have been my, amazing. I know. My sister right? and I kind of learned it the hard way, though, when we did Pretty in Pink. And we were gushing about Heathers. And we were kind of talking about John Hughes films and how they can be problematic. And people came for us. They, it's like, okay. Sorry, those are some them. beloved films. I mean, yes, John, he's, yes. you know, I covered. And um, we love them. We love them. But we were right. just kind of pointing out some stuff that was dated. And you know what I mean? My co-host in season one, we covered Heather's and we we both loved that film growing up. I we love loved it. it, loved it, loved it. On the rewatch, we were like, this is deeply problematic. This is super disturbing. Dark. It's yep. so dark. Knowing everything we know, what has happened mm-hmm. with school violence since, mm-hmm. mental health, you know, mm-hmm. homophobia, fat shaming. Yep. You know, yep. Um, it, it was just, it was it was horrible. Like se- sexual but aggression, that, sexual assault. But- it, it, it was rough. It was rough. But I have to tell you, that was closer to my experience. In high school than Pretty in Pink. Yes, and maybe it has to do with socioeconomic factors. Okay. You know, I grew up in a really depressed area. We were, you know, lower income. Like, maybe it had to do with that. Uh I don't know. But it was really, that was closer to my experience. Not, Not so much the violence, which, by the way, I am a writer, and I just finished a book on um school violence and i worked with a hundred survivors of school shootings and we did that book so i like kind of live in that world and seeing that movie again really was hard for me to watch because i was like why are we so casual about christian slater whipping out a gun and and you know you just have to kind of keep in perspective that the world was a different place the world was definitely a different place i i felt like Heather's was, it was meant to be dark humor, satirical, to shine a light on these issues. But, I mean, it shined a very uncomfortable, <laughs> bright, fluorescent spotlight yep. that's hurting our eyes. And and it was, I found the rewatch very hard. It was tough. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah, we had a long discussion about it. And it was... 
you know, my sister laughs about it and she's like, I was in love with Christian Slater's character in this movie. He's a sociopath. He's like, a sociopath. It's all there? red flags. It's it's, yes. it's just a movie of red flags. <laughs> yes. yes. Them heart-shaped but, red flags, man. But I feel like that's kind of the generational divide yeah. in Gen X. Is you either Heather's was kind of your thing or Pretty in Pink was kind of your experience. <laughs> <laughs> and the millennials, I don't know. I mean, I'm a teacher. I teach a lot of millennials. I teach freshmen in college and I've taught millennials. I don't really have them now, but I'm telling you this new generation, this iGen which my daughters are part of. Okay. They're amazing. I think so too. I'm a the big millennials fan. were great too, but these guys are amazing. Like they're gonna save us all. I I'm a big fan. I have a 19 year old and a 14 year old. Oh, and... so I have 14 year olds. There oh, you, you go. too. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I mm-hmm. I think today's youth. I think they're incredible. I know that it's you know the popular Gen X thing. Actually, any generation to be like, uh, poop on poop on this, you know, up and coming generation. We were the best. We were better. We could write cursive. We can look at an analog. My kids could write cursive. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm know just where sort that of like, like, I mean, really? Is this like really a thing? I, I don't know. I think they're incredible. I think they're so they're smart. Incredible. They're savvy. They're tapped into current events. Their worldview is so much bigger than mine was. I yep. don't know. I'm a fan. I'm a fan too. Yeah. I'm a fan. So, all right. Well, let's get to <gasps> Saved by the Bell season okay. three, episode nine. Okay, so this Jessie is song. this is kind of debatable. Um, so I have seen this listed as season two, episode nine, many many places. Oh, oh do I have do I have it right? Or no, wrong? Okay, okay. So you okay. you neither have it right nor wrong. On okay. Hulu, where I found it, it is season three, episode nine. Okay. Everywhere else, IMDb, all over the internet where it's mentioned, it is season two, episode nine. So you guys, mm. I don't know, Google Jesse's song and figure it out. It's debatable. Okay. However, it was, uh, it debuted November 3rd, 1990. 1990. Okay, so I was 13. Okay, yep, I was 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Elizabeth Berkeley, you know, Jesse Spano. Mm-hmm. She was really excited about this episode. Like, she said, we are going to explore something different, and we are going to go deep. As a young actress, I was finally going to have something juicy. All the others felt the same way. Like, oh, wow, we're going to really act this week, Amy. It's nice. not It's <laughs> not just who's going to ask who to the dance. So It's not just going to be Zach somehow treating Screech like shit. No, it's going to be that, too. Like, there definitely has to be an element of that, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so on this very special episode, we open on Jesse with Zach and Screech at the max. And Jesse is, she's drinking her coffee to stay awake. She hates it. She hates coffee. I'm like, oh, girl, you have so much to learn. And but she's drinking it because she's studying for her geometry midterm. And Amy, she still just yes. doesn't get it. Yes. Do you let your kids drink coffee? Well, I know you have a nineteen year old, I'm yeah, assuming. You know yes. what? But fourteen? I do. It's not a I do regular too. thing, but like, yeah. yeah, sometimes they'll be like, Can I have some coffee? I'm like, Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Now I am very, very against energy drinks. I'm very oh, yeah. against Me too. like nope. monsters and things like that. 
I, you know, I've this never even had one. I haven't either. It goes back to like, I heard one time it'll make your heart explode. I'm like, that'll yes. happen to me. And so I tell my kids like, you can't drink those drinks. Your heart will explode. It's, everything, it, everything we've learned, we've learned from like yes. lives tale. <laughs> everything we know. I swear, it's like that that anti drug messaging. Like I believe it. I'm like, don't yes. drink that. Yep. Bad for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Don't do pop rocks and coke. Just don't. <laughs> just, just don't. Ever. Like, we just don't know. <laughs> like don't do it. Yeah. So. She's drinking her coffee. She's all stressed out. We find out she's super obsessed with getting into Stanford. Like, so she has to do really, really well on this midterm. It's super important. Okay. So I haven't watched State by the Bell in a long time. I watched it religiously when I was that right. age. Was this a line they carried through or did they drop it? Did Jesse ever go to Stanford? That's a really good question because I watched it religiously also. And I also watched it when they had the Went college, college years. Yes. And she wasn't there, She right? wasn't there. Um, I think this is when Elizabeth Berkeley got her big, like, showgirls break. Yes. And, like, she was yeah. going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Um, I, d- I have to assume that, like, she got into some sort of Ivy situation. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. I don't okay. remember. Okay. Yeah. Because it seems like they would just drop it. If it was Little House on the Prairie, they would just drop it. You'd never hear about it again. <laughs> like, there's no through line here. Like, like we're no. just going to throw this out here and then we're just going to forget about yes. it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so Slater pops in and this is where he makes, oh my God, Amy, some like tired, misogynistic crack about her <sighs> filling her pretty little brain with geometry. Yep. Yep. He's like, guys are great at math and, you know... He's like, it's a shame you weren't born a man. Like, I just. First of all, <laughs> the research, all the research indicates that women are, are just better performers in school. They just are. Okay. Like, boys are not. So I don't know where he's getting this. He's just reinforcing the STEM. Oh. The STEM stereotype. Most yeah. definitely. Now, I will say, I am terrible at math. <laughs> I'm terrible at math, too. I'm terrible at it. But, like, it doesn't mean that all women are bad at math. I know a lot of women that are very good at math. And they're usually better students Students. is what I mean. Like, more disciplined. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, Jessie, she's she's a feminist icon. I think we can agree. She's always dishing it back. She's like, well, it's a shame you weren't born either. You know, and and the audience, the studio audience loves this. They're like, go, Jessie, you know. Yeah. So it just sounded gross. Yep. Like it didn't age well. And I know that's the whole shtick. That's their no. whole shtick. Mm-hmm. But okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So Kelly and Lisa pop in and the girls just simultaneously break into the Pointer Sisters. I'm so excited. And Amy, <laughs> I mean, how did you feel about this? Which, okay. Did that come out at that time? Like, were we okay, doing some, so. some product placement? <laughs> That song was released in 82. This is 1990. Um, Peter Engel, who was the producer and a writer on Saved by the Bell, he said, we just liked the song. We thought it would be cool if they sang the Pointer Sisters. I'm like, so this is a middle-aged white man writing this show because... Kids today, yes, yes boomer. like boomer yes. saying, you know, this is this is peak yeah. Yeah. entertainment yeah. for today's youth. It was super weird. I agree, it was a weird choice. Wow. Yeah. It was a weird choice. And I don't know, I mean, 
I never hear my kids just randomly break out into song together like a No, I mean, I wish people would. Number. Like, I really do. I'm a big fan of that. But, like, it doesn't actually mm-hmm. happen. And the guys are, like, blown away by their performance. And it's the most basic, like, <laughs> stupid. Like, all they did was sing the chorus. It was not special. There was no harmony. Like, it was bad. No. Mm-mm. No, it was... It was better than I sang, which when I sang Animals and Birds Go Running, but it no, was, it was like very, I wasn't blown away by it, it in regular. any stretch of the imagination. So, whatever. Okay. Very so, regular. Zach, you know, like, so he, he just automatically, he sees the dollar signs, right? He's like, hey, so like, hey, my dad's friend is a record guy and and he's looking to form a girl group like new kids and you know i'm gonna be your manager oh my god why didn't they have them sing a new kid song wouldn't that have made more sense with the plot yeah like did they have to like pay royalties maybe it was like a licensing issue maybe maybe um i will tell you i feel what you're I'm, I echo what you're saying about Zach Morris. Have you ever watched the Zach Morris is trash? Yes. <laughs> he is trash. He's it's trash. so good, right? Is that funny He's or die? It's funny or die, oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's br- I he feel like trash. they were at the they were at the the peak like they were the forerunners of Let's look at the stuff from Gen X again and and see where it fits. Like, what the fuck, you guys? Yes. Like, what were we thinking? Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So we're now in geometry class, and Jessie gets a C on her quiz. She okay. freaks out. She freaks out. This is the most Gen X thing I've ever seen in my life. I am a teacher. This teacher is handing back grades and announcing them to students. <laughs> Zach, you have a C. Jesse, you have a C. Slater, you have a B plus. I would not only lose my job, but I I think I would be violating some sort of like FERPA law if I started just announcing. To, like, we are just not allowed to do that. I mean, they don't even like us to remember our teachers would write on the board like ten of you failed <laughs> and fifteen of you and it it's just such a a real piece of the Gen X childhood that humiliation and shame was kind of built into the curriculum mm. in school for us mm. and our kids are growing up without that and i think it's so nice to see that things have changed that way i mean it really is humiliating for someone who's like jesse yeah. right she's just she's a perfectionist she's yeah. got a long road ahead of her in her life as someone who was wired that way i'm like oh yeah. jesse it's it's gonna yep. get hard for you I, I identify it, with that. It, it was just unbelievable to me. Like, my sister and I had a big conversation when we did – I forget what movie we did, but we were talking about this specific thing. And I told the story about how my eighth-grade science teacher told me that I was too fat to wear the leggings I was wearing. Are you kidding me? In front me? of the entire class. And what and did I that have like, to do with anything? Right. And I was probably, like, a size 10. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Like, humiliation was just... Oh, Amy, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Constantly heaped on us. Yeah, it was really bad. Oh, my gosh. But that was... A lot of kids in Gen X dealt with stuff like that. Like, teachers just humiliated you. It was really weird. And I don't know, did you have the paddling? Like, did kids get paddled in your school? Okay, so they did. I actually went to a private Christian school from 
kindergarten through sixth grade, and I moved to public school in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And yes, the principal had a paddle. He used it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know if that was just like a private school thing, like they could do that yeah. because it, it wasn't part of the public school system. Was that part right. of the public school system? Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. amazing. I didn't yep. know that. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable, yes. And then they wonder why, like, so many people hated school. Right. It was survival the fittest. We were being humiliated. We were being abused. Yes. And, like, I was a pretty good student. I never personally got paddled. Mm -hmm. But, like, I had the, you know, the secondary trauma of witnessing other kids get paddled. So so they would actually do that in front of other students? Sometimes they would. It depended. (gasps) Yep. Yep. That's really so crazy. unbelievable to me. So this teacher handed back these grades oh. that just hit something with me. Oh my gosh! I, so Jesse's freaking out, and Slater's like, "Jesse, you know what? I'm a man. I will come and I will help you. And your pretty little head learn some math. I'll go to your house and I'll help you. Okay, fine." Slater's the worst. He's the worst. I swear. So there really, wasn't a guy on that show that I like, like that I identified with that I would have a crush on. You know, thinking back, I think I crushed hard on Zach because he was cute. Um, I think at that point, I wasn't really looking and or caring about (laughs) behavior. Okay, that makes sense. I think I just thought he was cute. And I'm like, oh, he's cute. All the girls like him. I like him too. I I think it was like that basic. You're right. Because 13-year-old Amy was probably like, if you had to pick, I would pick Zach. Right. Right. I mean, Slater was just so muscly. I I just, I don't know. That wasn't really like like my thing. Throw in a, give us a Dylan McKay. Give us a third option or fourth option besides Screech, Slater, and Zach. Give us a 30-year-old pretending to be a high school student. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Okay, so this is when Zach, you know, he's the king of great ideas, Amy. You know, he's like, hey, you know, my little minion, Screech, you need to take a tape recorder into the girls' locker room to record the girls because that's where they sing. You need to go do that. And Screech is such a dumbass. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that because you asked me to. Consent is just not a thing. Oh, no. I mean, it's just not a thing. Like, whatever. Yeah. So this is when we cut to the girls in the locker room. We see Jessie, and she's studying her geometry. Like a good girl. the locker room. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, does anyone know how to bisect the vertex of an isoceles triangle? Yeah. Uh, she like, might whatever. as well have said something in French. Yeah. I, I was I mean, not getting it. No. Yeah. So Screech pops in, right? Dressed so okay, poorly, poorly, poorly disguised as a woman. He's wearing a dress, a wig, glasses, a handkerchief on his head, giant, giant fake boobs, and he's holding a mop, right? And then like with a super shitty Irish accent, he sees depressed Jesse and says, When I'm depressed, I sing a song. And, and Kelly and Lisa come in and they're like, that's a great idea. They're not questioning who is, you know, this person in our locker who is room. clearly Screech. Screech. Clear, like, <laughs> like you would never not think that was Screech. No. Mm-mm. In fact, never. that's the most Screech ever looked like Screech. Like, <laughs> right? It was just so stupid. And yeah. they're like, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's sing. And again, 
they sing 1982's smash hit by the pointer sisters i'm so excited okay yeah all right i mean whatever i don't know anyone who was listening to that song at that point in time no i mean i like, remember guns, being guns a... and roses was around what are you doing like literally anything would have been better <laughs> like give me some welcome to the jungle anything patience was patience out come anything. on anything anything yes okay so the girls sing and we cut to Jessie's, and Slater is helping Jesse study. And she's frazzled. She's frazzled. Zach pops in through the window like no big thing. And he tells <laughs> he tells Jesse, like, the record producer loved loved the tape, loved you singing. And she's like, what? And she's got a problem with the privacy aspect. Yeah, how did mm-hmm, you tape mm-hmm. us? And then mm-hmm. that's just, you know, forgotten about the minute Zach, you know, gaslights her and tells her the record <laughs> You know, Exec thought you were the best. Like, like he could even tell who was singing, who, who's the best. It was stupid. And she's like, oh, Zach, okay. Like, Zach can just, for as sophisticated and suave as he was, he just can never read a room. Oh, no. Like, I'm just going to dump all this pressure on you. And I don't even, I don't even care enough to read the room to know that you are literally collapsing under the weight of this. He's such a narcissist. Yeah, he cannot see beyond himself. Oh, no. 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 Mm-hmm. And and everyone around him just allows it. It's just oh, like, yeah. oh, that's yeah. Zach. They pretend like it's charming. And when I was young, I think I somehow thought that was charming because that's what everyone was telling me. Yeah, like we just thought it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. When he used to clearly abuse Screech, we thought it was funny. And he wasn't always nice to the the girls in his life no. and in his relationships. And we were like, it's okay because he's cute. It's not okay. It's not okay. And we just did, you're right. The messaging was just, here's the hot popular guy and he could treat everybody like shit and he doesn't need consent and he doesn't need to think about others. Nope. There we go. Nope. Zach because Morris is trash. Zach Morris is trash. He's cute and popular <laughs> trash. Yes. Yes. Zach leaves. Jesse wants to keep studying, and Slater's like, I'm tired. Like, we've been at this for hours. I'm tired. I'm going to go. And she's like, no, no, no. We can keep studying. And and this is when she pulls out her bottle of pills, and she tries to push some over-the-counter caffeine pills on him. Look, we could take these. We could stay awake. It's fine. Yep. Did you, did you read, I don't know if it's a rumor or speculation or if it's true, that they originally wanted her to be hooked on speed? They did. And then they toned it down? They did. Is that true? Yes, because NBC said, you know what, no, we cannot hang with any references to hard drugs. So (laughs) it was supposed to be amphetamine speed, and so they swapped it out for caffeine pills. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a true story. And we find out that Jesse bought these at the drugstore, and she's like, they're just like coffee, but they don't taste as bad. And Slater is the one that reads the label. And is like, these are a lot stronger than coffee. The label says they may be habit forming. And I wanted to ask you, Amy, do you remember, like, Jesse wanted to be a doctor? Did I make that up? Is that true? No, I think you're right. I think she wanted to be a doctor. Okay, so she's, you know, presumably the super smart girl. She wants mm-hmm. to go into the field of medicine. She buys this thing over the counter and makes all kinds of assumptions that it's safe. She doesn't even bother to read the label. Like, this does not seem like something that Jesse Spano would would do. No, and I feel in a weird way, now that I think about her and Slater's dynamic, 
it's almost like they have I, I don't know if there's an official syndrome for it I can't remember but it's like they are both victims of Zach <laughs> and they're just trying to like band together and survive and I don't even think they realize what's happening I love that because I actually think we were all victims of Zach Morris. Like, we all drank the Zach Morris Kool-Aid. We did. Yeah, so it's it's super weird. And Slater's like, just because you can buy it at a drugstore doesn't mean it's safe. And she's like, oh, okay, well, maybe you're right. And she, I guess she just says that to placate him because he leaves and she proceeds to take more because – she has to study and, you know, YOLO. So, yeah, got it. Got to keep taking gotta it. Got to do it. Got to do it. I have to admit, like we like we mentioned, I was so terrified of pills. At oh, this yeah. Age. But I, I still kind of am. And I feel like that's a Gen X thing. You're right. Like, my husband's a Gen Xer. Will not. Like, I have to fight with him to take Advil. Really? I have He's no like, problem with the Advil. Can I take three Advils? I, I don't like to be in pain, and, you know, we're getting older, Amy. Things hurt. Yep, yep. Now I, I'm starting to Google, like, can I take three Tylenols, two Advil, and seven Benadryl? What will happen? And, you know, back then we couldn't Google that. We no, couldn't Google mm-hmm. it. No, you relied on you relied on those urban myths. Yes. You just relied on those. That's how we got our medical information. Yes. Absolutely. And after school specials. That that's yes. how we What could go wrong? What, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so we see her in the next scene at the Mac. She's studying. She's hanging out with Mr. Belding. She's hanging out with Mr. Belding. It's like weird. I, I don't what kind of school you went to but the principal was our enemy like you were the one adult in charge of all of us you're the enemy and and i don't even know that i felt like the principal was the enemy as much as i felt like the principal was scary and it was like there was never that blurry line of like oh we're friends i think even in the opening credits when they show mr building you know the title credit of who plays him i think he's like laying down on one of the kids beds and i was like what am i making that up i feel like i saw that i didn't make a note but i was just like oh it struck me as odd like i feel like that's good that's a bridge too far (laughs) this episode could have been on the opening montage we could have talked all about it no oh ew (laughs) ew Oh, my God. No, I think he was just, like, like he's fully clothed, but, like, he's, like, <laughs> laying down, like, like you know, blah, 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 talking to someone. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I, that, no. I, I assume that was one of the kids' beds. I don't. That's I, not a good move. <laughs> I might be move. wrong. I might be making this up. You know, as soon as we wrap like, this, I'm going to go back and watch the opening again. Here's a tip, guys. Hot, as a hot take. <laughs> don't go into your students' bedrooms. No. <laughs> don't like, hang don't, out socially. It's not that hard. It's not that I'm a big fan of today's youth. I'm not hanging out with them for fun. I will say, like, my kids do not have the same relationship or view of their teachers that we had of ours. Really? My kids love their teachers. They see them as nurturing. That's like, lovely. We yeah, we didn't really have that. Again, this generation is so amazing. But so are the teachers who are teaching them. Yeah, it's you know, they've different. They've learned so much and it's come it's so far. It's different, yeah. yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sure. So she's hanging out with Mr. Belding because they're best friends. <laughs> and you know, he's like, Jesse, you gotta relax. Like, I will write you a great letter of recommendation for college. You don't need to stress out. And then she has this stupid this really stupid daydream that if she fails this geometry midterm, she's gonna end up at Surf University where they don't do anything all day and hang out in their swimsuits and just Well, it's chill. a it's a disaster fantasy. Absolutely. It's the disaster fantasy that Gen X embraced so much. There's always consequences. Right. Like, if there's a contest, you can win the contest, but if you lose, there's consequences. <laughs> if you lose, life is over. Yep. yep. There, we there's... call it <laughs> We call it on our show getting little housed. Like, everything will go to hell. Okay. Little housed. Yes. yes. I kind of yep. live and die by that kind of thinking. Do you? <laughs> I'm oh, a master yes. catastrophizer. I, is yep. that how you say that word? I can't say yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My sister struggles with that a lot. Mm -hmm. She'll have to call me up and I'll be like, okay, let's break this down. Mm -hmm. Like, because you have a scratch on your arm, you're not going to have to cough your leg reading the Bible. Like, it's not going to go that way. (laughs) But what if it does? (laughs) But what if it does? (laughs) Yeah. So this is when she proclaims after this, you know, disaster fantasy, I'm going to ace that test no matter what it takes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. So we've got some foreshadowing here. So sleazeball manager Zach, he tells the girls <laughs> the record execs loved you, but they're interested in three other girl groups too. Their names are Buns on the Run, Spiked Earlobes, and Zit Hit Machine. Yeah. That's the yeah. stupidest thing ever. Because girls are just about bodies and earrings and makeup. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he decides, we're going to make a music video, and your guys' name is Hot Sunday. Hot Sunday. Hot Sunday. <laughs> Hot Sexy Sunday. And and the girls are stoked. They're like, that's so cool. Yeah. We're Hot Sunday. I like it. You know? First of all, a hot, because he spells it A-E, right? Sunday. Yes. Like, like, Sunday. First of all, like Hot Sunday sounds... Absolutely disgusting. Gross. And super sexual, <laughs> right? Like yes, hypersexual. Yes. And of course. They could have called them anything. Anything else. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I don't know. So um Jesse is sort of like uh, I don't know how I can carve out the time to make this this music video. Like, I, I've got the midterm. I've got student council. I've got honor society. I'm stressing out. And they all beg her. She gives in. Jesse doesn't know how to establish boundaries. Nope. Jesse can't set boundaries. No. She's really the only one who gives a fuck about time management. Oh, yes. I know. No one else cares about anything. No. I guess no one else is taking this midterm. Well, they did better 
on the midterm than she did. (laughs) And they're not worried about it. And she's just, you know, a mess about it. And she's got all these other commitments. And maybe the girls don't really care because they think they're going to make it big with Hot Sunday. There you go. Yeah. Hot we don't Sunday need school. Has a lot of promise. <laughs> We're pop stars now. <laughs> yeah. So this, this, this is the best part. This oh is when gosh. we cut to the making of Hot Sunday's Go For It music video. <laughs> and I have to say, like, wow. First of all, Wow. It is a a million questions. Full music video. (laughs) It's like a full song. And it's in the max, correct? Oh, I didn't catch it. I thought they were like in a gym. I think it's in like a revamped max, but I could be wrong. Like I think they use the same set, but I could be wrong. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I didn't catch that. It looks similar. Looks similar. But I mean, the girls are dressed in their leotards. They are singing and working out. I, I mean, it is a full. It is a full music video. It's a full song. It was stuck in my head for like a week. Like I'm it sorry. Was. I know. I'm sorry for you. I know. Um, why? 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 <laughs> why? <laughs> why does it have to involve physical fitness? Okay. Why are we so, doing aerobics? Okay. I think we're doing aerobics because aerobics were hot in the 80s. Like, Jane Fonda, Olivia Newton-John, physical, like it was not. But not with kids. This is totally well, a boomer thing. Yeah. Remember Get in Shape Girl? I do remember and that, like, but wasn't that Alyssa early? Milano's Teen Steam, that workout video. Wait, like, I don't know that. Oh. Oh. Okay. I think it was called <laughs> Teen, teen Steam. Yeah, she had it a full workout. It sounds smutty. Video. I would have been into it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I I think like that whole fitness craze, jazzercise ish stuff of the eighties. You know, okay. we're we're in nineteen ninety. We can't, you know, nineteen ninety. We saw a lot of changes happen in the nineties, but like mm-hmm. we're on the tail end of the eighties, beginning of the nineties. I, I kind of feel like that's just a carryover. Yeah, yeah. You know, You're and because right. because of the words of the song, it kind of fits. Like, remember, it's like. Put your mind to it, go for it. Get down and break a sweat. Rock and roll, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, so that's been in my head for a really long time. Lovely, thanks, amazing. Thanks, I hope you really like that rendition because I worked really hard on it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But like that whole get down and break a sweat. This is rock and roll. We're pretty girls. We're working out. Mm. Okay. I think that's right. what that was. So, yeah. So I I loved Lisa's cool slow mo cartwheel. It was so cool. Like, what an influencer! Like, it was just it was funny. I, I just feel like so. Let's think about this for a minute. If this was a record, some fake record producer, right, 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 wanting to combat the popularity of the new kids on the block and right. find like a female equivalent. New Kids on the Block were not doing this kind of stuff. They were actually doing decent stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, they were dancers, and they had harmonies, and it, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. and they weren't doing workout videos. They weren't doing workout videos. <laughs> this was like a, like a, I don't know, felt like an Olivia Newton-John kind of. Very much so. Yeah, maybe Very she much. was brought in as a uh, Well, I have a fun <laughs> bit of trivia for this. The dan- The dancing figure. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm using that term really loosely. The exercise dancing was choreographed by Berkeley's personal dance teacher, Michael Rooney, who is the son of Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Wow. He choreographed okay. this masterpiece, yes. Wow. And, okay. and if Does you he like... want anyone to know that? Has I don't know. Has to court I'm... to get that redacted? <laughs> Breaking it wide open here, Amy. Yeah. So... If you guys like the song, because, I mean, it it's kind of a bop. It sticks in your head. Um, it's featured on the Saved by the Bell soundtrack that came out in 1995. Like, you can get it. You could probably download it on Spotify and, and add it to your workout playlist if you're so inclined. There you go. Yeah. There it's, you go. it's there. It's there for you to enjoy. <laughs> so... Kelly, Lisa, and Zach, they tell Jesse, you know, the record producer, again, love their video. They're coming to the Max tomorrow night. They want to see a live performance. They want to rehearse tonight. And, oh, my God, Jesse has to study. This is not good timing. Like, I – so this is the choice she's given. You could be the next New Kids on the Block. Right. Or you can do a little better on your test. Right. Choose like your that's... dream, Jesse Spano. Yeah. Which one do you want to be? I feel like she needs to chase her dream yeah. here. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. So – you know, they push her. She backs down again. She backs down again. I'll just study after, she says. You know, and Slater finds those caffeine pills in her backpack and he confronts her and she gets super defensive. Why didn't somebody say, like, look, we can do both. I can come over right after school. I'll help you study. We'll get it done real quick. We'll, like, you know study in short bursts which is what they think is the most effective way to study right but no it's got to take place at night and it's got to take place right when the audition's happening absolutely like there was no sort of they weren't trying to find a a solution that felt good to jesse no it was Mm -hmm. very um they were all very selfish and it was just like come on come on what's wrong come on come on come on and she's like "Uh, uh, uh, i don't want to disappoint okay fine yeah. It's yeah. kind of like when people were trying to lure me out of my house after quarantine. Come on, come on, come on. I'm like, mm, you I've had a year yeah. away from people. I don't want to get back out there. It's, it's still nice, hard. It's still it's hard. It's still hard. Yeah, yeah. I went out last night, and I'm, like, exhausted. Like, I'll be exhausted for three days. And I yeah, was out for weird? two hours. Like, I yep. I don't know how to people yep. anymore. It, yes. Yeah, I'm bad I'm at okay it. with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that, though. Mm-hmm. To some extent. You know, I think I was peopling too much. Okay. So, yeah. Taking so it back. This is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but back. are people like, you know, you now at this age, and, and I wasn't good at this when I was young either. I was a lot like Jesse. I think if I was pushed, I would just fold. Now I'm just sort of like, yes. now I can yes. hold my boundary in a way that I couldn't do before. Yeah. I wonder sometimes, like, I think that's just an age thing with women. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, over, you know, once you hit 38, you don't give a fuck anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, I would say even maybe over 40. You're just like, mm. you you fall in love with those boundaries. And I and think, you get real too, good at setting them. I like to believe that that's like an evolution of my personal character, but I honestly believe that it has so much more to just be, has more to do with being physically tired. So I recognize yeah. now I just don't have the energy. My energy is super limited. So I have to be yeah. really thoughtful and mindful about how I spend it. So yeah. if this is going to require a vast amount of my energy, I just can't do it. 
because I run yeah. out. I literally run out. Yeah, my kids call it their social battery. Oh, like smart. My one daughter, my one daughter's very outgoing, and my other daughter is kind of an introvert, and she's like, you know, I just they call me mommy still, which is ridiculous. Adorable. But she'll no, be like, I love that. she'll be like, mommy, I can't go to that party because my social battery's just drained from going to the game yesterday or whatever. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and I've heard so. that this is the real, um, like, the definition of an introvert versus an extrovert. An introvert feels depleted by social situations. Yes. And extroverted mm-hmm. feels energized. Yes. You know, it, it charges them in a way yes. rather mm-hmm. than depletes them. And so, yeah, I'm depleted by social interaction. When I was younger, though, I was an extrovert, 100%. And so I think that's shifted. starting to change. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Jesse's definitely an introvert then, right? We think maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think she wants to do all the things. I think she really, her spirit <laughs> really wants to do it all. I just think there are limits. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't, all this, all this dancing and exercise. I mean, right? Draining her so Good Lord. She's tired. <laughs> the next day in class, Jesse is like speed talking like right and she's acting super hyped and everyone around her is like what the fuck is wrong with you is she on cocaine right like she takes her midterm at warp speed Mm -hmm. and they're just like what's going on with jesse and slater tells the gang jesse's taking drugs and i'm worried about her They cut immediately to rehearsal. No one says anything, even though she's acting insane. She's bouncing off walls. Yes. Like, she, I don't know how she didn't have a heart attack. Right? Like, how did her heart not explode? And this comes, the episode is 22 minutes long. This comes at, like, minute 18. They spend a long time on the setup for this. (laughs) Instead of on the resolution. (laughs) Yeah, the the resolution's, like, you know, two minutes. we're done. (laughs) Yeah, and and nobody Sl- Slater full on told the gang, "Jesse's taking drugs. I'm worried about her." <laughs> Next scene, rehearsal. She's bouncing off the walls. Yeah, she's clapping. I'm hyped. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna I'm be great. Ready. It's good. and nobody yep. says anything. No, nobody says anything. Why? Because like... it fits their agenda. She has high energy. She's got to bring it tonight. They're going to get a huge I'm shocked they deal. weren't piling more on. Like, Jesse, you got to be better. You got to do better. They're, you know, once in a lifetime shop. This is it. Nope. They're just yeah. like, oh, she's acting kind of crazy today. Huh. <laughs> okay. Fine. Okay. So in the very next scene, we see Zach in Jesse's room. And Jesse's asleep on her bed. And he goes to wake and her up. Zach just walks into her room. Just walks into her consent. room. Yes. Yes. She could be naked. He doesn't know. No knocking. No. No. He just walks right into her room. She's asleep. He wakes her up. He's like, uh, Jesse, we got to go. We got to go to the max. It's Hot Sunday's big performance. Like, let's go. <laughs> and she's super disoriented. She's really confused. She thinks like, oh, I have to take my midterm. And he's like, no, no, no. You already took it. You took it today. She's like, I, I, I have to wash my hair. And he's like, no, there's no time. We got to go. We got to go. This is alarming. This behavior is alarming. Oh, yeah. Like she she doesn't know what she day no it is. She, yeah. she doesn't understand time, space. Yeah. Where am I? Like, <laughs> she's completely disoriented. So disoriented. And he's but just he like, just wants on, to shove go. her into a costume and get her down there. He's literally like... 
like escorting her along like he's moving mm-hmm. her body into the direction out the door so we can go <laughs> yeah you don't need it you don't need your clothes like you know lisa's got the costumes you don't, come on come on we gotta go there's no time there's no time and this is the breakdown moment right mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is when she's like no time i don't have time to study i'll never get into stanford i i'm gonna let everybody <laughs> down i'm so confused and then she remembers her pills and she goes and she goes for the pill. She's like, everything's going to be okay. I just need one of these. And he's like, what are you doing? No, no. And he's trying to take them. And she's like, I need them. I need to sing. And then she starts singing. I'm so excited. Again. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, and then she's like, I'm so scared. <laughs> and she breaks down and sobs. And she just folds. Her body folds into his. And she breaks down i'm pissed off i wrote here why does zach get the emotional payoff of this episode when slater has been the only one with the conscience okay that's really a good point i didn't even consider that i was so pissed off about that i mean he drove her to the breaking point why does zach come in and get the the you know the payoff like to save the day and poor slater who's been you know Poor misogynistic Slater. <laughs> Poor toxic masculinity Slater. <laughs> so, he just, you know. I don't know. Like, I remember, I actually remember watching this episode. I remember it. And I remember, like, being so sucked into this scene. I mean, I think I thought this was the best acting I ever saw in my life. I mean, I was like, yeah. wow. It made an yeah. impression on me. Uh, Peter Engel told The Ringer that the scene was filmed more than 25 times, to which I have to say, what the fuck is wrong with NBC to push this girl to do this 25 oh God, times? Where are they? They were doing it in the same Right? Like, I think the, <laughs> the breakdown was real. So wow. Peter Engel said, quote, I kept saying let them do one more but the control room said no they were probably like um she's been through enough but he said i knew they could do it mark paul was almost in tears at that point no shit no No shit shit. oh my god is peter engel the real life zach morris i don't know is peter (laughs) engel trash i don't know allegedly we're not trying to get sued here i don't know is he like sitting in the control room being like just keep going keep Keep, pushing keep pushing i don't know and then he says elizabeth was amazing then they did it on the 26th 26th take wow everyone in the studio started to break down and cry Probably because they felt really bad for the actors on stage. They probably want to go home. (laughs) We've been here for hours. Wow, that's intense. Isn't that the craziest thing you ever heard? That's crazy. That is art imitating life. I mean, that is life imitating art, whatever. Uh, It's super meta. It's super meta. Super meta, wow. And, Mm. And it's framed in this way that, like, isn't this amazing? And I'm like, isn't this problematic? Isn't this right. it's framed? It's framed in this way of, but I was a boomer white dude, and I pushed these kids really hard and got them to crack. Wasn't Pull that up great? your bootstraps, kids. Yes. This is what it takes. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes. Wow. 
Hmm. Very, very boomer mentality, right? Yeah. And and when I think about it, like, I have not seen this episode in a long time. So when I went back and rewatched it, I had misremembered. And I thought Zach had been the one trying to kind of save her the whole time. And I think it's because I remembered the emotional payoff. And That's Zach so being there for it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Berkeley said... Nobody was, like, blowing menthol into my eyes to get me to cry. I mean, the thing was so clear to me that she was just someone failing in every category and can't keep treading water. So she just kind of had that flip. I I personally think that filming the scene 26 times made her flip, but there you go. I'd be interested to see take seven. Right? (laughs) Like, how different was it, really? How different? I bet you it's one of those things. They probably nailed it on take one. And then they're like, yeah. we yeah. could do better. We could do more. Let's try it again. Let's do it this way. Yeah. I yep. don't know. So meanwhile, back at the max, I hate these scenes. These filler, comic relief, screech, stupid ass scenes. I, I hate know. this kind of thing. It's so insulting to the audience's intelligence. And I... I think I probably loved it at the time, which is why they had that kind of stuff in it. Like, yeah. so Hot Sunday comes out to perform. Jessie's yep. not there because she's, you know, addicted to pills and she's having a nervous <laughs> breakdown. And so who fills in as the third member? Screech. You know, the other two could have just done it without her. Right. Like, why he didn't, didn't need to be there. He made a members. joke. He made a mockery out of it. He made a mockery out of Hot Sunday. How dare he? They have How potential. <laughs> You know, and as an adult, like, going back and watching the Screech scenes, like, I just keep wanting to punch him in the face. I mean, may he rest in peace. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, ugh. See, I have the opposite effect. I have the opposite reaction, I mean. I want to go back and save him. I feel like he was being just exploited. (laughs) I feel like Zach is just this overlord. You know, poor Screech just wanted friends. He just wanted to be liked. It's kind of like um, my sister always mistakes redheaded um, men for the kid in A Christmas Story. Every time we see a a movie from the 80s with the redheaded kid. Are you talking about Malachi from Children of the Corn? So we were watching Children of the Corn. I know. I listened to your episode. And Jenny's like, that's the kid. She does this all the time, though. And I feel like it kind of predisposed us to not like redheaded boys <laughs> because we thought they were bullies. And I feel like Zach Morris is the the prototype for the bro. You know, oh, he's, like a, he's Chad. a bro. He's a yes. total Chad. Yes. yes. Wow. And that's why we just like, eh. yeah, yeah. Which I, I I jumped ahead a little bit, but that that's my why I'm going to talk about later. Oh, <laughs> so I'll make that yes. point better. Yeah, so, you know, it, it it's a stupid scene at the max, whatever, fine. Then we see, you know, this goes back to what you were saying, Amy, your resolution of, you know, 120 seconds where Jesse's resting in bed and the gang just gathers around her and she apologizes to, to them for letting them down. And they're all like, yeah, we kind of push hard, sorry. But she's just <laughs> like, you guys, I let you down, I'm so sorry. And then she's like, I've got a real problem. You know, my mom's taking me to the doctor tomorrow for counseling. I've got to learn that it's okay if I'm not the best at everything, which is a nice, neat little bow. I will say, 
I did appreciate the mention of counseling. I, I mean, did too. Mental mm-hmm. health was not that was, like that was big, really then. a thing. I mean, they spent yeah. all of you know four seconds on it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wish there was a little more to it. I'm glad that she mentioned it. However, it was just a little blip mention of mental health and the need for some therapy and or counseling. And then they're all loving and supportive. The end. Like it was just it wrapped up very quickly. Do you remember Golden Girls? Do you like Golden Girls? Oh yes. Yes. Do you remember when Dorothy went was trying to find a specialist who would diagnose her with was it depression? I forget what she had. I don't remember what she had, but I remember that was really revolutionary. It was which revolutionary. Is shocking. Mm-hmm. Because remember, yes. in those days, that's when they called therapists shrinks. Like it was a whole like yes. they're going to shrink your head. Like it, yes. it was almost considered quackery. Yep, it was very. And different. Dorothy was she was going around, and they were just telling her that she was old or she was bored. She remember, was being she gaslit. Was like, yes, she's like, no, there's really something, something wrong, wrong with me. Yes. And it turned out that I want to say it was depression. Guys, I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but I want to say that's what it was. And but it was something was, legit. Like, it was it a was, legit mental health issue. Yes. And it was such an important episode. They had the ability to do that here for teenagers. Like, they could have done that on the teenage And scale. they really didn't. I feel like this is where – and this was – okay, for what it is. It was a a sitcom. It was a comedy. <laughs> they didn't right. delve into deep things. I mean – 90210 took it upon themselves to tackle every issue ever experienced by every teenager Mm -hmm. ever. Like, it was Mm -hmm. a lot. It was heavy. It was a lot. lot. Like, I think by, like, season two, they had already been through so much trauma. Like, every character had just been through the ringer. And so they kind of went real heavy-handed. They went, like, on the the pendulum and just swung so completely. So for a sitcom... To, to tackle a serious issue, I mean, I, I applaud. Well, I wonder, it, like, ish. how different how different would it have been if she just had at the end like a conversation with her mother, who we never see in this whole we thing. Never see, and the mother's talking about you know how this is a normal, acceptable mental illness, and a lot of kids suffer from mental illness, and there's help and there's treatment and here's what it looks like and you know this is what we're gonna do to help you i mean they should have instead they took Mm -hmm. those two minutes and they had screech perform in her place at the max (laughs) right right that was the choice the creative choice you're right peter engel that was the two minutes that was the two minutes you could have made it up right there no problem yep but there you go because we don't see the parents like at all oh no they're like these kids are like like Charlie Brown kids. They're like Peanuts yeah. characters. Like their yeah. their parents are just like wah, wah, wah. And Mr. Belding is the only like adult, you know, who's dishing out any sort of like reasonable advice on this show. It's never the parents. No, never. Mm-mm. Even the, the teachers. Oh, I mean, they're, they're like. kind of there, but. I mean, the geometry think... teacher was just like a, like a very flat cheeseball character. Yeah. Think about this in comparison to something that came later, um, Boy Meets World. How involved I, the parents were. I never I watched mean, that was it. A, were they was, very involved? Oh, yes. 
Oh my god, that's such a good show. I, I loved know. it so much. You know, it's one of those things that just kind of fell off my radar. You I, know, I was like 25 watching spots. it like a big old loser. It's, it's <laughs> so weird though when something is like culturally so relevant and it's just like mm-hmm. a big old blind spot mm-hmm. for you and yeah. you're just like, I don't know, I missed it. I don't know where I was. Oh, I don't know what I, I was doing. That. I have that with my so-called life. I never saw an episode. <gasps> oh, it's like my I know. favorite. I know. My sister loves it. Oh, my God. And I never God. saw an episode. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. Oh, that show. Boy Meets World, like, the parents are really heavily involved. You see them all the time. They're okay. there. Like, it's just, it shows the change, you know, when you compare the them. Shift. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, it's wild. I mean, it just ends like that. And Peter Engel, our, our resident Zach Morris, said... The night we shot it, I knew it would hit a nerve. The response from the actors and the audience was unbelievable. And Mm. even to this day, you know, when we talk about the legacy of this episode, because it really is so infamous. It's just, it's everywhere. There's memes about it. You know, we all like to kind of snicker and laugh and talk about it. Elizabeth Berkeley said, I have a great sense of humor about it, especially if it's a wink or a nod to it. But those moments were rooted in something passionate and sometimes can feel over the top. It was fun and broad, but I think at the core, the reason why people are obsessed with that episode is that it must have struck some sort of chord. I mean, it did, whether it hit you as hilarious or it hit you as serious or it Mm -hmm. hit you as someone who's like, I'm going to stay away from caffeine pills. Mm -hmm. I mean, you remember it, right? Yeah, so... I had emailed you and told you, like, at the end of our episodes on our podcast, we talk about a why all the time. That's the it. whole premise of yes. our podcast. So we're like, Gen X, this is why, you know, and then we have some some kind of residual drama from whatever happened to Carolyn and the kids that week or whatever. <laughs> so I was trying to think, like, what is my why from this? Like, what did I take away from it as right. a young person? Right. It was definitely two things. Like, one... I just have an aversion to that that Chad, that bro type of person. I'm just immediately biased towards those people. And I think I have PTSD from Zach Morris. And then second, I was terrified of drugs. Terrified, terrified of, of them. Yeah. 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 And it's not just specifically this episode, but it's like we talked about in the beginning, the whole the, the whole, whole messaging of yeah. that time. Yes. Yeah. So what would you say is your why about this? Okay, so I came up with three. Okay. This is why I stick to coffee. <laughs> I believe in coffee. Coffee has served me well. I enjoy Nature it. stimulant. Yep. Nature stimulant. I'm not buying, you know, over-the-counter caffeine pills. Yes. Mm-mm. Nope. Also, this is why Stanford is overrated. <laughs> You could get a great education at a lot of wonderful institutions, including junior colleges, which I really believe in. Yes. And, you know, you don't have to go to Surf University. Yes. Also, this is why geometry ruins lives, Amy. Math ruins lives. I mean, math just sucks so hard. Yes. Yes. I'm with you on that 100%. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just how I feel about it. When I have to put my students in groups, like say I have 32 students and I have to put them in six groups, I am just... <laughs> you open your my, phone, calculator. I'm like the head exploding emoji in real life. Like I am just frozen in fear. And I have to do long division on the board and oh, I still can't figure it out. And in my, front of my an students, audience? Math in oh, front of an students, audience? 
my students laugh at me so hard. They're like, this is like, we're just going to sit back and let this happen because we're not going to rescue you. They're like, let me help you out with some common core. We can get to this much quicker. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's take a break from dissecting Othello to try to figure out like 78 minus 11. (laughs) They're like, you can't borrow. I remember when I was helping my kids with math, they're like, we don't do it that way. We don't cross it out. No, you don't borrow the one. I was like, I don't know how to teach this to you. This is some bullshit. The math you're learning, I don't understand. Yeah. No, Mm -mm. thank you. It's really strange. Remember when our parents were like, you won't always have a calculator with you. And we're like, we showed you. Yeah, we do. We have like every tool imaginable in our pocket. I can take a picture of this math problem and it'll solve it for me. (laughs) Well, Lori, I mean, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for summarizing the episode, for suggesting the episode, for the research you did. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, Amy. It was so my pleasure. I had such a good time talking to you about this and talking about why Zach Morris is trash. Yes, he's trash. (laughs) So so just a reminder that you can find me at Gen X. This is why letter X spell out the Y and tell everyone where they can find you. if They don't remember. I am at the Untitled Gen X podcast on most social media platforms. Um, you are owning your social media, by the way. I'm trying. You're doing. Tr- I mean, job. like, I'm still super afraid of TikTok. I don't. Yeah, are I you active over there? No, like, I can't go I, near it. I made some videos where I like superimposed my face over Carolyn, and I'm like in love with Charles Ingalls because I that's I'm madly in funny. love with him. I mean, but, it wouldn't um, be. I mean, I'm not in love with Michael Landon, but I'm madly in love, love with, with Michael Landon as Charles Ingalls right. in the 70s. Okay. But um, that's it. I stay away from it. Yeah, I'm on Instagram I, mostly. It, it makes my brain hurt. It feels like math. I, I just, I don't want to do it. I don't know. I don't want to do And it. I will definitely link your show in my show notes. So if, And um, I will as well. So if you're listening on either of our um, free feeds, then we can link each other and you can find us there. Yes, and thank you for the crossover opportunity. I love a crossover. It's my favorite thing. It was so much fun, Amy. Yep. Thank you, Lori. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.